0: Download the Sportdeck app today. For live scores, stats, the latest news in betting, you can find us on the App Store or by going to Sportdeck.com. Retired from football at the young age of 32, having played in one of the greatest Glasgow Rangers teams of all time, he's earned 13 caps for Scotland and has played for clubs like Wolves, Millwall, Aberdeen and those further afield. You're listening to Sport Deck Speaks, I'm Dave O'Grady. This is the story of Maurice Ross, who's locked himself away to focus on coaching in the Faroe Islands. Gareth Morgan joins me as ever. How are you doing, Gareth? Very good, thanks, Dave. Are you ready for this deep, insightful interview? I certainly am. Absolutely fascinating stuff. Can't wait to get into it. Remember to download the Sport Deck app. We've got live scores, stats, the latest news and betting all in one place. Simply go to sportdeck.com. We're available on the App Store or you can get us for Android as well. Well, let's kick things off because we're delighted to be joined by Morris Ross, who after playing took up the challenge of juggling a role at Igerson's IK in Norway with a job in the oil industry. He's now coach at TB in the Faroe Islands. Morris Ross, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. First things first, how did the move to the the Faroe Islands come about and, and what's been your initial perceptions?
1: Um, well, you know, it's, it's kind of a you know, Scandinavian country, so there's close links with Norway, Denmark, Sweden and, of course, the Faroes used to be uh, owned by Denmark. Um, so you end up dealing with agents, players, so it's kind of like a locked market as such. So it came up, I, I had to quit my job in the oil industry with the downturn or basically, I was yeah, let go um, and my position in the Football Club in Egerson was a 50% position. Right. So this full-time opportunity came up and it was basically, it was my, my, my logic behind the decision was third level in Norway to uh, Premier League level in the Faroes. Um, so it was more that I would get more exposure being in a top division rather than a, a third level uh, club like Egersund. So that was the the kind of the thinking behind it, and um, and it's another culture I can understand. It's another form of football I can understand, and um, it's a one-year contract, and um, to see how it goes. And um, by the end of that, this year it will be five years as a manager, and uh, I've covered yeah two different countries. So it's uh, it's an experience for me that I'm uh, I'm looking forward to.
0: Yeah, and also many congratulations on five years as a manager, it has to be said. And what have you found your initial impressions? Has there been uh, Is it a big difference to what you've experienced in Norway?
1: Well, I started at 4th Division Norway um, and we are lucky enough to have got two promotions back-to-back there and then I moved into the 2nd Division and then I stayed there one more year with Egersund. Um, So in terms of the level, I think the top two or three teams in the Iveros are higher um, than the second division in Norway um, but kind of the, the middle pack is like a second division in Norway so for me the level I'm dealing with here is similar to what I dealt with um, back home in Norway this team finished seventh last year and I've been looking at videos I've been looking at footage I can see the fitness level of this team looking at the condition of other teams um, so there's to be honest, this looks like a a house that just needs painted and you will see a difference straight away. So I mean, in fitness, discipline, attitudes need to change, professionalism needs to go up. So there will be a quick impact here um, straight away. Um, whether we can break into the top six, which the club's uh, goal is for this year, is another matter. Um, so I will now bring in three Scandinavians, most likely Norwegians, I've signed two already, and, um, and hopefully these three make a, a difference to, to the general level in the squad.
0: Yeah, very interesting analogy of a house that needs to be painted. And I was looking at the club TB. Uh, uh, dare I try to pronounce it? Uh, Tyrorrar Boltfalag. I know that's probably well incorrect, yeah. but um, you know, no, yeah,
1: nearly there. <laughs> yeah, nearly
0: there. But in terms of the 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 position of the club, they're in. I think they're they're in the south part of the Faroe Islands. Are they located a little bit away from the other teams?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think nine out of the Premier League teams are are on in Tulsarven. So, you know, I really did, you know, it really is a change. You know, Tulsarven is just like uh, another Scandinavian city. Um, But this is 50 kilometres south on an island that is, uh, well, to call it remote is an understatement. So we have two and a half thousand people in in this part of the island. Fifteen kilometres on the other side of the island is another two and a half thousand so it's the the way I explained it is this is football. This is like a boot camp for me, where you know in, in Norway I was juggling a family life. I had a job from seven till three. I was driving a hundred kilometres to train, train there for two hours, drive back. It was I was on burnout. So this is now easy life. Focus, analyze the opponents. Spend full days at the football club, and this is. From that point of view, it's kind of heaven for me that I'm just focused on football and not juggling such a hectic lifestyle. Um, So for me, it's an investment in my career. People say, why are you going to the Faroes? I'm only 35, 36, and it'll be my fifth year in management. Um, For me, it was a no-brainer. You know, I need to invest in myself. I need to become better. And basically, I'm a full-time coach now who's... Sometimes coaching in a foreign language, so it's um, it's for me it's a it's a development stage for me.
2: Maurice, I just wanted to ask, obviously, in your professional career, you know, you you were used to professional resources, equipment, so on, facilities, whatever it might be. How much of an adjustment has it been for you um, to work now as a coach uh, with sort of set as it was in Norway with semi-professional? players and so on and I presume the sort of the facilities that would that would go along with that how how much of a test has that been as a coach going into that environment
1: you would actually be surprised um and the 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 thing that was amazing for me coaching even in the fourth division in Norway we still had to do these balls we still had to do this equipment we still had all the basics we had astroturf we had three training pitches so the facilities. That's fantastic, actually, and considering to the, the level that you, you you would see. Obviously, it's a wealthy nation, Norway, mm-hmm. so there's, there's, there's surplus cash there. So, and they do invest in their football. They do invest in grassroots. So, the facilities has not been the the, the problem for me. It's about me needing to dilute the knowledge I have to fit the level of player that, is, that I'm dealing with. Okay. So, the progression is normally delayed by a month or two when you're. Talking about you know the shape of teams and, and, and what we expect for their body shape and their, their general understanding of football. So it's it's actually if you think about it, it's, it's harder to coach the lesser players. So what I'm doing is I'm cutting my teeth, and it's actually going to be better for me. So when I do step into that job in League One or, or you know Premier League in Scotland going to be a luxury for me. dealing with players that I could tell once and it's fixed. So yeah. it's um, it's a steep learning curve for me. It's, it's great, but it's again it's a continual evolution of, of what I'm trying to do as a coach. And um, I've got no qualms about the, the level I'm dealing with here. It's uh, I'm just adding to my my kind of my bank of experience. To be honest, that's how I feel.
0: And. Th- I'd imagine you had a little bit of that, Morris, as a player as well, because you weren't afraid to travel during your playing days. I know you had spells in Norway, Turkey and China and then returned to Norway to launch your coaching career. How important do you think that is for, that has been for you, the openness, you know, to, to get around the world and put yourself in different situations like that?
1: Well, I mean, uh, what happened was I went to Norway um, from Millwall, and it was a, it was a step up in terms of the level from Millwall to the top league in Norway. Everything was super professional. Diet was professional. Pitches were perfect. Coverage was much higher than it was in Millwall. So that was that was a step. That was a selfish move if you if you if you want. Um, but then what I realised is after about a year there, it opened my mind. Actually, you know, I was that classic kind of Scottish oof I don't have my you know my home comforts but it's made me more open-minded and because I've traveled now the jump from you know kind of Europe mainland Europe if you like to to come to the pharaohs is less of a lifestyle change because you know I could read the signs I can understand what they're saying I could you know, one house is red, the next one's yellow, the next one's green. So that initial visual shock is, is, is not there for me. Um, so uh, it's it's made an, an easier kind of transition. And um, hey, well, it's uh, it's just life experience as well. Mm. No, and like I say, I'm, I'm very aware that I'm young and I will complete my license this year and hopefully move on to the pro license as soon as possible. And I'm still very much under the radar now you hear about these players that quit, you know, quit at the uh, championship level and then before you know it they're just coaching at the championship level and it's difficult you need to cut your teeth you, it's, one, it's one thing thinking about yourself, it's another thing thinking about 22 people, the press, the training the diet, your staff it's, it's, and this is all learned stuff, you need to learn all this because it's already having the knowledge but it's, you need to get it across to people you need to fit time to do it. You need to schedule properly. You need to, it's and I feel the way I'm doing it will, you know, set me up well for the long term.
0: And as a coach, Morris, how much have you been able to draw on the success during your playing career? Like, for example, the success at Rangers. I think it was nine trophies in five years and being a part of probably one of the best ever Rangers teams that we, we had how much do you look back on that and take aspects from your playing career and bring into what you do today
1: now, the, the, the thing for me I was a training product as a player I shouldn't, I never had the talent to be a proper Rangers player as such no when you think of Rangers you're thinking Arteta, Ferguson the boo are the best so but what I was getting there is even though I only played maybe 100 games for Rangers I still had maybe eight, 900 training sessions with the best players in the world. There's where, I, there's where I learned about proper football, when the Dutch players came in, when the Dutch coaches came in. And then I was lucky enough to be under Glenn Hoddle. And before you know it, I was under the World Cup winner, Betty Volks. And then I had, you know, Alec McLeish. These are all international managers. So being at Rangers playing, yeah, one thing that shows you what proper football clubs are run like but the best education you get is for the players that you're dealing with and training with every single day luckily enough there was five international managers coaching me on that time as well so for me it's about learning every single day now you know I'm like anybody I watch football, I study football now so I've got the love back for the game again You know when you quit at 31 it's, um, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth but I was finished with the game and um, I'm just trying to build a new career, and hopefully, I'm remembered as a manager rather than a than a footballer. That's my aim now.
2: Do you feel, Maurice, that as, as you said, because you perhaps weren't as as naturally gifted as as a number of those other players in that Rangers team, that as a coach, it, it in some ways that actually makes it easier for coaching because we've seen quite often if you've got uh, players who've gone into management who were just had immense natural talent, it's hard for them to get into the minds of players who were perhaps a little bit more limited, you know, because that Absolutely. talent came so easily to them, they, they, they found that difficult. I mean, so would if, that be if the case? You
1: look at all the best players in the world. They're normally strikers. They're normally number tens. But how many top managers in the world are strikers? Mm.
0: Mm.
1: All the best players have had to think, all the best coaches have been midfielders, defenders, fullbacks. Typically, you get the one-off one. Because they've had to think that we're in the football pitch all the time. They're, they're seeing pictures but remember strikers see the game back to front whereas defenders midfielders are always facing the game so it's about I totally agree what you're saying the, the guys that are the more the more limited you know, you know what I'm saying I don't you be disrespectful to any players that are, that are coaching but it's the ones that need to think and really need to be you know the guy that's not fast he needs to be one second two seconds sharper in the mind than the one that is quick so he he's then automatically predicting his way around the football pitch, and it's and it's these type of traits that I think make the better coaches, the ones that need to think rather than the ones that are just both naturally gifted that score three hundred goals. Cause that's a knack. That's a that's a gift. So no, I, I agree with what you and how you how you put that there. Definitely.
2: And would it also be the case, was just looking at your career? I know you you were quite outspoken um, as a player, and and perhaps as you've admitted at times in your career, not especially happy in the life as a footballer. Does that mean that you perhaps would have a, a better idea in some ways that when you're dealing with twenty two players, as you said in a squad, that you do need to deal with them as people as much as players? Would that be would that be something that uh, that, that would be fair? Do you think?
1: I think I think handling people is, is always easier when with when you're more mature. Mm-hmm. When You're 21. you you think that you're going to be playing with Rangers all your life and you know, international all that stuff. Everything came too quick for me and I wasn't ready mentally for it. Um, so maturity is definitely a big factor in in, in handling people for sure. And um, my problem was if my career was in reverse, I would have been celebrated. But because you start at the top and you end up um, playing you know in China and uh, in these kind of second rate countries, then you say ah wasted talent, but actually it's in my head um, I overachieved early dose so it was much circumstance in, in my in terms of my career and, and the way it went because you know when the balls getting played into Barry Ferguson you know he's going to get half-turned and play you and release you in a wide area so when I was making these moves for instance when I went to lesser clubs the midfielder wasn't getting half-turned he was going back into the same zone losing the ball and then I'm 30 metres out of position Yeah, yeah. so I became like because I was not skilled and as such I became less of a I became less effective because I was a runner I was a crosser run, cross back in shape run, cross back in shape but when I then had to then think my way differently, it took me much time to adapt, and it was uh, and I struggled with it. So then I become frustrated. I then become hot to handle, and, um, and yeah, maybe didn't help myself and uh, the way I was. But youth is wasted on young. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you think maybe and, um, you you could have had? More of you could have enjoyed your career better had you maybe not started at such a high level at Rangers and maybe had worked your way up to, to a level like that.
1: Yeah, like, like like I said, if I was um, my career was in reverse, it would have been uh, yeah, I, could, I would have been happy sale you know, ending up with, with caps and treble winner, double winner, you know, all these things would have been nicer. But um, when you receive them when you're 2021, 20, you think your life's going to be like that and it doesn't pan out like that, then it's yeah, it's, it's hard, and it's a mental, it's a mental process I have to go through to to, to not beat myself up. But I'm getting there. You know, I'm I'm, I'm in a good state now. I'm, I'm I'm coaching at a good level, and um, I feel I'm progressing in my career again, which is nice to have because I never had that.
0: It's a very good news story as well in the sense of the career that you've that you're making for yourself. You know, as you said, you're you're already five years in in management, and you're such a young man as well. But for players back then, a lot of players, I'd imagine, would have been in a similar position to you, where they would have say maybe left a, a big club like Rangers not know where to go I mean looking back on it what advice would you give to them would you encourage them to take a, a trip like you know a route like you did in the sense of going to expanding your football horizons so to speak and and trying maybe different leagues or you know is it time to look at a different career I mean what would you looking back what would you say to a lot of these players
1: um my only I mean, I can't advise you know a whole generation, but my advice for, for to or in my experience would be never make a football decision based on a financial package, um, and that is going to be my philosophy, yeah, um, or statement or whatever you want to call it now. That and that I will adhere to in my management career. Hence, I'm sitting in the Pharaohs. I'm not here for money. I'm not here in a holiday. I'm stuck in the middle of Atlantic Sea but the environment is right for me. And if this means that I need to be one or two months, oh, eight months or so, and kind of out of the picture as such in terms of top-level football, then so be it. But I'm a year more experienced. I've got another 200 hours on the training pitch. I've coached in another language, another culture. I'm building up this foundation that's going to set me set me straight. Um, I believe in it wholeheartedly. And... Um, I feel that things, things things are already turning for me, and um, you know, just need to get through the badges and um, and network as much as I can. And you know, some people go bang straight into top level football game management, but my, my path is not going to be that. I've made peace with that, so I'm going to need to just build it stone by stone. And um, but when I do come into that level, I'll be much experienced under my belt. Because I believe 100% that I will come to a, de- a decent level in the UK or in, you know, in Danish top flight or Norwegian top flight. Uh, I do believe in
2: it. No, it's interesting, Morris, because it sounds as if you're constructing your coaching career the way, like you said, that you'd almost wish that you'd constructed your playing career to where you have yeah. that you know that foundation in place. I so just wanted to touch on um, the sort of network of coaches that there are overseas now we've chatted to probably five or six of them from the UK who, who are uh, coaching as far afield like yourself in the Faroes or Norway or
0: Ian Birchnell as well we yeah, had him on
2: I was going to ask yeah, yeah, how, yeah. How, how much of a sort of support have some of those other UK uh, coaches been during the time that you've been overseas
1: well I Obviously, Ian's Ian's the one that springs to mind because I'm I'm friends with Ian and and I've got a good connection with Ian. And and, and Ian's another guy that, you know, there's this this new breed of coach that's that's emerging and um, finally it's emerging. Um, But there's this trepidation, you know, with the the old school football, you know, jobs for the boys. They're getting nervous about the Ian Butchnell breed because they Mm. never played the game. It's nonsense. And um, so, to get back to your question, I mean, Ian's good for me. I mean, I spoke to Ian about the, this move and of course we had the original kind of British banter, oh my God, we're heading over there and all that stuff. But then when we sat back and evaluated it, he said it was uh, it's a smart move yeah, in terms of just keeping your career moving. I don't want, I had holes in my career where, the footballing career were I went from Turkey because that was a different setup, and then had three months and never played because you're looking for clubs, and then you you go into winter leagues, you then lose, you know, the, the you're no in sync with the European leagues. So I had holes in my career all the time, and I felt I was never getting a proper pre-season. I was always playing catch up. So I just said to myself, it's better being in a job in the Faroes rather than sitting at home waiting on the perfect job and, and a cosy cool lifestyle in Norway. Yeah. So at that point of view, Ian was supportive and. Um, and, uh, very good, and um, and he's he's a he's a guy that's you know it's, it gives hope for everyone. He was coaching I think in a university in Leeds ends up hooking up with Brian Dean. Brian Dean gets a move. Ian excels as an assistant. Excels in his assistant in Vicky Savanger and um, he's now the coach of a Premier League team in the foreign country. I mean, what be that for a story? Yeah, yeah, what that's about story. That? absolutely. That's, that's, that boy should be celebrated for what he's done. Absolutely. And, ho- and I hope he has been because um, it's hard enough to, to make a, a name in the game when you've got caps and et cetera, et cetera. He's done it for coming from a university in Leeds. What a story that is. But that's about being open-minded. That's about being opportunistic. That's about staying in the game. That's about networking. And, of course, being a good coach and thorough. And these are other things that I'm trying to, to do... Um, and my wife and, and, and my circumstances in funeral.
0: Yeah, a lot of people actually are recognising coaches now, like Ian and, and yourself. I know uh, we actually had a couple of Viking fans that contacted us after we had Ian on the show he was fantastic on yeah, the show as was, well we yeah. had we had Matt I think was it Matt Ward as well who had been coaching out in the Philippines and China and that and I think it's a very fair point there Morris that you make about there's a new breed of coaches coming out that wouldn't have wouldn't come from the jobs for the lads category in football and you know it's great to see them you know really expanding before we let you go I have to ask you, you, you described it earlier earlier on the show as a it's almost like a welcome boot camp that you've put yourself through where you know you can be totally focused but in terms of you know balancing that with your personal life and family and friends and that how difficult is that at the moment do you still get time to unwind and take windy walks in the pharaohs i
1: mean (laughs) i mean the windy walks i'm telling you it's relevant. <laughs> my hairdo is horizontal. It used to be a spike. it's horizontal, but it's the best way I could describe it. It's bootcamp. It's it's locking yourself away, and you're just focusing on your job. And I tend to find that in my life, anything that I focus fully on works for me. So it's. Uh, I'm just going to dedicate myself for this eight months, and hopefully. Progress, um, I believe I will progress. So for me, it's on being kind of trying to be a bit, yeah, playing it down, but I firmly believe when I'm going to bed at night that this is happening for me. It won't happen overnight, but I feel it's, the process is moving forward for me.
0: Yeah, well, it's, um, it, it's exciting to hear and win or learn or win and learn is, seems to be the, the way it's going for you, Morris. We wish you the very best of luck for the season ahead. TB uh, in the Faroe Islands, it's exciting stuff and continued success in your career and onwards and upwards. Thanks so much for joining us.
1: No, thank you very much for having me. It was, uh, it was nice talking to you. Thank
0: you. Well, there you go, Gareth. A new age of football management is coming
2: Absolutely. Another fascinating story, just like uh, Ian Birchnell, the, the coach that we referenced in that conversation with Morris, another uh, coach who's, you know, expanded his boundaries and is enjoying great success and uh, fair play to Morris. I mean, it, like you said, it really is kind of a, a boot camp, you know, he's taken himself away to the Pharaohs to devote himself really to to learn in the craft of football management and, uh, yeah, fair play to him.
0: Interestingly, he said to play in the top division, to to coach in the top division in the Faroe Islands was, you know, it makes him stand out more than being, I think he was in the third division in Norway.
2: Very interesting, very interesting. It was a good insight into, into football in the Faroes as well. Obviously, perhaps not a, a competition that uh, you might generally be too aware of. So it was very interesting to to learn a little bit about about football in that part of the world.
0: These coaches, the British coaches, they're out there and we've been finding them. We've been picking them off one by one. They're out there and they deserve a little bit of promotion. Yeah, they're like this
2: sort of... It's almost like a, a pleasant version of colonialism. They're going out to these far-flung <laughs> parts of the world and, and spreading the sort of coach and gospel, but uh, as they all make clear, learning very much as they go along.
0: Do I dare say it, is it because of the current leagues in the UK, well, particularly one big league, I should mention, but is it because of this, the sheer nature of them that it's... M- It results in these coaches having no chance but to uh, open their wings and fly away, spread their wings and fly away.
2: I think that, yeah, there's. I'd say there's probably an element of that. I think as well that um, football in other countries is much more accessible now via the media, that you can gain an insight, that you can reach out to clubs in various parts of the world and inform them of your availability and inquire. Um, about you know what the current situation is in different leagues, and just generally immerse yourself in global football. It's become, I suppose, a much smaller uh, football world that we live in now, with much greater knowledge of football in the Philippines or. Uh, Borneo or wherever it might be so I, I think that makes it it makes it easier to make that initial contact for these coaches and uh, obviously they then take it from there
0: you've got experience yourself Gareth in the UK in Australia obviously the media manager for Perth Glory you spent a, a lot of years there and then back you're here in Ireland now and you're putting your own stint on you having your own stint in coaching you know doing quite well with your club Tell us, would something like that as a coach? I know you're only doing it not as a full time job, but more as a hobby. But would something like that to go into a place where you have no idea about and just immerse yourself in that? Would would that ever be something for you?
2: It would be very difficult in terms of the sort of work family balance. I think that would be uh, that would be that would be tricky. I mean, there's a certain appeal to it, almost a sort of monastic. Lifestyle where you are you know, devoting your life rather than devoting it to the Lord. You're kind of devoting it uh, at the altar of football. But, uh, I mean, certainly I, I would imagine that it will pay massive dividends for, for Maurice Ross. And you can only admire uh, the way that he and those other coaches that we've discussed are, are, are willing to, to make those sacrifices to improve themselves as coaches. It's uh, It really is admirable.
0: When Brian Dean and brought Ian Birchnell over to Sweden to coach they were he told us how he was staying in brian dean was staying with them and he'd be kept up all night by his wife would be kept up all night by brian and ian moving the salt shakers around (laughs) (laughs) forming a defensive line and working out statistics so you can imagine how immersed you'd be in that Absolutely. And it, it's interesting because actually recently did an interview with, with
2: Brian Dean, who is now struggling to get into coaching uh, in England. He's back in England. Um, and ironically, Ian Burcham, of course, who who he took out to Norway as his assistant, his career is, is blossoming, um, the opportunity that he seized over in Norway. Uh, whereas, as Morris um, referred to in that interview, opportunities in Britain can be limited, even for someone like Brian Dean who has a name, who has a reputation, who served a number of clubs with distinction. He is struggling to to find a full-time coaching position in the UK and uh, yeah so it's an interesting
0: sort of rounding the circle there with Ian Burchnell doing so well over in Norway. Yeah well done to them all and a huge thanks to Morris Ross for joining us on the show this week. Remember if you want to download the Sport Deck app you can do so by going to sportdeck.com we're available for the App Store and you can get us on Android as well We've live scores, stats, the latest news and betting all in one place. I'm afraid we're out of time here on Sport Deck Speaks, you can let us know what you thought of the show by tweeting at sportdeckapp from Gareth Morgan and my Myself, Dave O'Grady. Take care. We'll talk to you again soon. Download the Sportdeck app today for live scores, stats, the latest news and betting. You can find us on the App Store or by going to sportdeck.com.